0: Okay, two nothing. The Blue Jays leading the Baltimore Orioles. The Jays need all the wins they can right now. As uh, yes, it's still mid-August, but they're right now out of the wild card spot. So still some games to go, but they haven't played very well as of late. The Orioles—they're hard charging, young team, and uh, they are playing well as of late. So the Jays, uh, so far, uh, holding serve here, two nothing in the bottom. Of the fifth in or top of the fifth inning, rather, um, the World Junior Hockey Championships resume tomorrow. Quarterfinal action: Canada will play Switzerland at five o'clock. The other matchups will be Germany and Finland at ten, Latvia and Sweden at 1.30, and then the late game tomorrow will be the United States taking on the Czech Republic. Mentioned the uh, Elks and uh, obviously the a tough loss on Friday or last Saturday rather against the Riders. Uh, They'll be in action again on Friday. Uh, in Ottawa at TD Play Stadium. 3.30 for Countdown to kickoff. 5 o'clock is the kickoff uh, between the Elks and Red Blacks. And the largest crowd of the season witnessed, unfortunately, uh, a loss by the Elks. But, boy, what an atmosphere. And here's Ante Milanovic-Litre again on uh, just what that atmosphere was like. Oh, We were
1: all elated to see Taylor make a, a beautiful run like that, too. I think he was from, like, 25 out. Mm-hmm. And he, he got right into that corner and, like, Again, like when I, I spoke about it earlier, but that integrity of the chain. It's like when you when you put good runs together, especially from the quarterback position, that means your receivers are running good routes, and then when they see you break pocket, that they're basically chasing from the other side of the field to block a guy. And it was so good to see that it, the blocking came from the eleven guys in the ball carrier, and uh, the atmosphere when he ran in through that end zone to feel that stadium come to life like I you know I've won a great cup in this stadium and it's a special place yeah. uh, to feel the you know I know Edmonton wants us to be that team and we we are so damn close to being that team and it's a fun place to, stay, to play it's a great stadium to be in and there are amazing fans here
0: and Thomas Costigan is our guest from the Edmonton Elks defensive end Thomas uh, thanks for coming back on the show how you doing I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being here. Appreciate that. Well, you were on the sidelines at the time when uh, Taylor Cornelius scored that touchdown. Now, did, did you, do you remember the reaction? Like sometimes you're not watching cause you're, you know, you're with your position group or you're talking to the guys about, you know, you know, here's what we got to do next or, or, you know, talk about the next series, but it was near the end of the half. So did, did, did you see uh, Cornelius's run and, and what do you think? Oh. Oh, yeah,
2: I was there because uh, I was getting ready for field goal. So he ran out there, and we were all celebrating as we're running on the field to, to kick the TAT, but that was electric. Like, like Lee Trey said, it was a fun run to watch, and it's funny. That play, he broke the pocket, and our OC is screaming, run, run, because there was, there was so much open field. So all we had was
0: one receiver and a DB down the field, and we got that block, and he was able to get in the corner of the end zone, and it was electrifying. I mean, you practice against Taylor Cornelius every single day. Um, a lot of people say this about Taylor. How can he run so well and so fast for a guy that's six foot five? but you see it up close, so you give us the insight here, yeah, absolutely and obviously, he's a speed demon when he's out there, but
2: more importantly, he just has a really great feel of of the pocket, just a great pocket presence. And it's annoying because I get yelled at if I come underneath and the quarterback flushes outside or I go too high and the quarterback comes underneath me. So he feels it right away and he steps up or he steps out and I get yelled at because of it. So it's it's even frustrating to go, go against in practice. So I can't imagine what it's like in a game.
0: Yeah, yeah, no question. And in, in a game where I felt that uh, when we talk about the last game, yes, it was a loss, 34-23, there were reasons why – uh, it was a loss, and I'm sure it was. It's been harped on uh, by the coaching staff and even as players uh, to each other. But it felt like and it looked like the closest to a 60 minute performance that we have seen all season.
2: Yeah, it was tough. Um, penalties, just at, at crucial times, um, it was hard to, to, to be in the game and then to witness those penalties happen was was definitely frustrating.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, the defense was a big culprit of that. Uh, 140 yards and 102 were taken by the defense. And these seem to be controllable, but, you know, it, it felt like. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. The way the writers came in with their kind of their attitude and, and the way they wanted to, to to play the game, and we kind of saw that in week two, where they're a chippy chippy team to play against. But but tell me about just the after the whistles plays and just you know and unfortunately Matt Thomas took a you know an unnecessary roughness call. But that seems to be a team where man you got to be on your P's and Q's when it comes to the discipline because they seem to want to goat you into a lot of things. Yeah, that's football. I mean we've heard since since youth league that it's always the second guy that gets the call, so
2: we know that they're a chippy team and and we have to do a better job of controlling our emotions and not being the team that responds and um strikes back. But yeah, it's tough to play against them. They're definitely a chippy team. Um it's hard sometimes uh especially when the game's close and sometimes we let that get away from us.
0: Yeah. Now, the style of defense you want to play, though, I got to think, Thomas, that's probably where you want to be as far as the pressure you put on an opposing quarterback. The The run stop was good after the first quarter. I thought you did a really good job against Jamal Morrow uh, after the first quarter. And then also you, you're getting turnovers, and that's the one thing that maybe is a little underrated with the team right now is uh, I think since the Hamilton game, for the most part, you have won the turnover battle. But stylistically and just in general sense about how you want to play, how close was that game to how you actually want to execute uh, Chris Jones' defense on the field? Yeah. Um, defensively, yeah, I think we played well. It just, Like I said, just crucial
2: times where we need to make a play. And, and even like that pick that got called back for the PI, like even that, we're trying to make the play at the crucial time. It's just something preventing us from from doing that. Just making a small mistake that that leads to something bigger, and we need to be able to to, to make those plays and not make mistakes in the crucial moments to to allow us to win those games. Instead of putting us putting ourselves in that situation.
0: Thomas Costigan joining us, Edmonton Elks defensive end here on six thirty. Chad inside sports. Uh, it looks like. At least, judging from practice today, that this is likely the third straight week. For the most part, you're going to have the same lineup to go uh, or to go play with. How important is that to now build the continuity and build the uh, the chemistry that you need out there? And obviously, health plays a big part in that. We're in the beginning of the season; it didn't, and that's why you saw you know a lot of changes every week.
2: Yeah, chemistry is a huge part of football, and and Chris, uh, Coach Jones pointed it out a couple weeks ago. He was saying that um, when we get good rushes, um, our debris aren't doing the best job covering, them. and we, when we're doing the best job covering, we're not getting good rushes. So it's just about being on the same page and, and clicking together to make those plays. And when you're playing games consistently with the same guys, it allows you to get that chemistry that, that you're looking for. So um, hopefully, we can can really reel it in and and pull out a W in Ottawa. You
0: know, I think, I think the question from, you know, even someone like me, who's, you know, not in, you know, not in the room and, and observes you guys in practice, but, you know, talks to you after practice as the players and coaches, but even I think just as a general, you know, from a far kind of question would be, how do you come back after an emotional loss like that where, you know, if you won, you would have improved your playoff chances. And, and now it's kind of like, okay, well, where do we go from here? Like, like, did that enter your mind at all when you, when you uh, came back for, you know, your first day of meetings and then getting, getting on the field today?
2: I think watching the film. So we came back and watched the film the day after the game. I think that atmosphere looms a little bit that day, Um, but watching the film and seeing the plays that, that, could have helped us win this game and honestly should have uh helps everyone i guess um realize that we're only halfway through the season so coach jones yeah. talks about it, all the coaches talk about it it's only halfway through the season we can still turn things around and that's what we got to do we got to just turn this ship around and and that's a huge part of that is the, the back-to-back ottawa we need to play our best football and these two weeks, I think, are crucial to our playoff, uh, our playoff hoax. So let's see what we can do.
0: You know, I I love your story from training camp in 2021 when, I, what did you say? It was like, what, four or five days before you got a rep? <laughs> and obviously a different yeah. training camp this time around. But maybe explain the, that story again about um, how you made the team when it was really hard for you to get noticed last season uh, in training camp. Yeah, actually, my first rep of team was, I think, I think
2: about day four, was actually because the guy in, so we only did four teams, and I was the fifth-string guy. So right. on day four, the fourth-string guy jumped – I think it was actually like the second or third-string guy jumped offside, and then they pulled him out, and I just ran in, and I got my first team rep that way. Um, yeah, the only reps I had were one-on-one pass rush reps, and honestly, Jake was telling me he was just like – Win your one-on-ones. That's all I care about right now. Like, if you win your one-on-ones, you'll stick around. And that's what I just yeah. had to do. just had to put my head down and, and grind. And, and eventually I started getting those team reps and slowly but surely was able to create a name for myself.
0: So, so what, what's it like this year coming in as more of an established player? And, I mean, let's face it, when you have a, you have a new regime, you have a new head coach and GM and Chris Jones and a new coaching staff, you know the one. The one uh, continuity for you that helps is having uh, uh, D-Max, Demetrius Maxi around. That that's huge for you, everyone on the D line, of course. But you know, you, you didn't have that scenario in training camp this time around. Is it is it a bit more comfortable, or does Chris Jones have a way of making you uncomfortable and having you work in every practice?
2: Um, I want to say it's a bit more comfortable, but at the same time, like you're still stressing about every rep you take, you know, it's, it's football. You want to win every single rep you're out there and you don't want to put anything bad on tape. So, um, and everyone hears the stories of Chris Jones and he's just looking for the best guys. So there's still that same stress of, of wanting me and wanting to, to impress, but at the same time, you're also wanting to be the best player you can be. So, um, I knew I was going to, I was knew I was going to have an opportunity. So that stress wasn't there, but coming in with a new DC new, Um, head coach and all the coaching staff, just trying to impress them, show them what I can do, and at the same time
0: um, better myself each and every day and and prove to myself that I am the player that I think I am. Edmonton Elks defensive end, Thomas Koskin joining us here on 630 Chat Inside Sports. Okay, so about uh, I want want to say maybe 45 minutes before uh, I went on the air with the show tonight, I get this note um from hernan salas who does the media uh for the elks every day and he says this he says ask thomas about his girlfriend because he works for the she works for the wwe is this correct the for world wrestling entertainment yes yeah, she is a wrestler no i'm just kidding she um so back in from
2: uh I'm from Stanford, Connecticut. She's from Norwich, Connecticut. The headquarters of WWE is in Stanford. We yes. both live in Stanford. Yes. Now. So she is um she's a data analyst for WWE. And data so,
0: analyst
2: so, uh, Yeah. Yeah. So she for what does
0: that involve? So basically,
2: <laughs> so basically, um she analyzes a lot of keywords on Twitter of what fans like to see. So after a wrestling match, she puts together, like, a report. And um, basically just using Twitter for the most part and obviously doing other things. But um, I'd say that's her, her biggest job is, is trying to find the people that fans like and the moves that, um, I guess, in the storyline that the fans like or don't and by using keywords on Twitter, which is pretty interesting.
0: Now, when she, you say she has to compile a report, who does she compile the report to? Is that to the, is that like to the creative writers or is that to to exec to get executives to give to the writers or like, like how does it work?
2: So she has her own team in data that she reports to. And then like, I'm sure her boss reports to, it just goes up the chain of command. Um, I don't have that many details about the chain of command. So <laughs>
0: <coughs> I understand. <laughs> But that's cool that she's she's like she's kind of plays a part in kind of what you see on 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 you know like she has a team obviously but you know th- this is kind of what you're seeing on TV and that's pretty cool wow that that's neat that's neat so are you a yeah. wrestling fan yourself? So I grew up a wrestling fan. She was yeah. never a wrestling fan growing up, and
2: now because. She obviously has to to be knowledgeable about the WWE and know who everyone is. Um, she always has it on, like, anytime it's on, like, Monday Night Raw. Um, so we're always watching it. So it's kind of, like, rekindled, like, I don't know. I, I, like, I guess I got over it getting older, and now, like, she watches it. I'm like, this is pretty sweet. So I'm getting back into it. So we have fun watching it. And the, the stro- they're coming up to Edmonton uh, next month, I think. And she's yes. going to get us yeah. the guy a bunch of tickets. So it'll be a lot of fun.
0: Well, you know, you play beside two uh, two big guys who I think could maybe be a formidable tag team in WWE. Uh, that's Mac Henry and uh, Jamin Pelly. I mean, those, those two could just dominate. You know, it's funny. Jake Serezna is in my ear about trying to get him a shot. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're on to <laughs>
0: something. Career, you know? <laughs> We're on to something, people. We are. We're on to something. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But Pelly and Matt and Jake, oh my god,
2: that would be a show to watch.
0: Talk about Jump a stable. I don't know what you rope. would name it. That maybe that's a task for you. Is what do you name the stable with? Uh, oh with, my. Those, with those three. Can you imagine <laughs> Pelly come off the top rope? No, I cannot. I cannot. That um, seeing how nice he. Seeing how he destroys the pocket in practice or even in a game is just is frightening enough. So <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> imagine what he would do off the top rope. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Thomas. This was great. Thanks for your time tonight. Uh, all the best in the rest of the week uh, for the preparations and uh, all the best on Friday in Ottawa. You got to get that win. So uh, yeah, go do it, my man. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's Thomas Costigan, defensive end for your Edmonton Elks, on the Certainty Hotline. The pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. Top of the sixth inning now. So much for that 2-0 lead for the Jays. It's gone. The Orioles have tied it up at 2 Jay's out, uh, right, out of the wild card race, right? Or while of the wildcard pitchers still in the race. They were uh, a week ago. Heck, they've been on the weekend. They were in a wild card spot. So they have some work to do for sure. 780-496-0063. That's the number to call or text. And speaking of tests, mm-hmm. uh, text, uh, let's hear from Kellen Kennedy. Well, I,
1: I hope year. these texts uh, passed a test read welcome so <laughs> there we go or sorry uh dave campbell see i'm not uh, i'm not used to read not being here <laughs> this is scary uh, i I'm, a, I'm so alone and it feels awkward uh no anyway uh, uh, sorry, big buddy. biff texts in one of the best names we've got big biff yeah. saying wwe when where how <laughs> and it's like well all right so big biff it's september 26th rogers place and it's Monday Night Raw. It's the same Monday night show that uh, you see on national TV, international TV all the time. So, you know, go check it out. Tickets at Ticketmaster. So
0: First time that Raw has been in Edmonton in, what, uh, 11 years, right? Yes. 2011 in the summer? Yeah. I, I think
1: so, yeah. That, I believe that was also SmackDown as well, too. So it might be just for the Raw show itself. Might yeah. be a little bit longer. So there we go. Yeah, yeah cool. looking forward to that. And we got one from Brian saying, Love the interview with the Elks players that you guys do on Inside Sports, whether it's Reed or Dave. They are top notch. They allow us Elks fans to get to know the players a little bit more personally. Personally, yeah.
0: there we go. Well, thank you very much for that, and it's something that uh, we endeavor to do uh, each week here on the show. It's a, it's great to get the cooperation from the club, and uh, the players have been so accommodating, and this is a good group of players to, to chat with this year, so I can say that for sure. Well, the World Juniors is going on in Edmonton. It's uh, been a bit of a struggle at times for attendance. I mean, the average is 1,300. Of course, Canada's not getting that low of a number. But uh, Gemma Karsten-Smith from Canadian Press is here covering it. We'll get her perspective next on Inside Sports.